In this episode, we will talk about worker-related rules that nonprofits need to pay attention to. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks, and we're eager to talk with you about rules related to the people delivering our missions that nonprofits need to know. I agree. I'm actually eager to talk about this because it's one of those topics that is essential and important, but I think some of us shy away from because it sounds really legal and maybe a bit intimidating. Yeah, certainly nobody joins a nonprofit board or even staff because they want to talk about compliance and rules and things like that, do they? Right. In fact, I teach a class on compliance for food banks in Washington State, and one of my first slides is simply the goal that we want to help people to know what they don't know. Like, there's so much that we just have no idea. We've joined, we're a good person, we joined the local food board, and there's this whole world of rules that we just don't even know that we're supposed to know. Right. Right. And I think sometimes people hear that and then they get a little panicked. Um, right. And today is just supposed to help you realize there are things out there that you can go learn more about. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So we want to move some of these important topics from the didn't know to, hey, I'm curious. I want to find out more. I love that as a first doable goal. We are not expecting everyone to become a labor attorney by the end of this podcast. Oh, no, we're, you know, 15 minutes, you are not going to become a labor attorney for sure. (laughs) And, you know, I think the other thing to say is that a lot of nonprofit folks don't think that these rules apply to them, that nonprofits are doing really good work. So we don't really need to pay attention to some of the finer points that, you know, as long as we keep doing good work, those employment rules don't don't really matter so much. And of course, that's not true. Right. They absolutely do. And so I think we should dig in and learn a little something. Absolutely. And of course, laws vary by state. We're going to talk generally, though, of course, we're anchored in Washington state. So any we may reference something related to Washington state. But I think every state has these kinds of rules. So wherever you are, find out what the rules are where you are. The first category of rules are really around work standards that I think it's a great idea that our government really wants us to have a high quality or a higher quality of of work experience. So sometimes these feel onerous or difficult, but I think it it helps to remember the why behind it, right? It's that we want to make sure people are comfortable and able to perform their jobs well. Right. And that we're not actually sometimes hurting our own mission by creating a workforce that isn't paid adequately or able to balance all of life's challenges. You know, sometimes when we're working on a mission to say, you know, work on hunger or work on homelessness, we need to also recognize that we need to take care of our workers so we aren't contributing to the problem. So in the work standard category, this kind of area of focus There's a lot of really categorizing of people, like are you exempt or not exempt? Are you a volunteer, an intern, an independent contractor? And you kind of, you almost make like a a chart on on your piece of paper and you figure out, Sarah, is she exempt or not exempt? Is she a worker or an independent contractor? You really start to categorize and sort people um, in order to make sure that they are meeting fair labor standards and and all of that. 
Right. And I think sometimes people are really surprised at the kind of high bar it takes to get to an exempt or what it then is often a salaried position versus a non-exempt position. So it's good to read your state's rules about that. Right. In in Washington state, the exempt threshold is now somewhere in the $60,000 area. And I know a lot of nonprofits are saying that's a lot of money that I can't afford to pay folks that level in order to not, you know, be paid overtime and all those things. And that's a great case where number one, it's the law. And two, this is a great advocacy issue that even just this last week, I was talking with labor and industries about what nonprofits can do to advocate for the hardships that some of these rules carry. So there's just different categories. We have volunteers, interns, independent contractors, and and making sure that we think about them, whatever they are. So like interns need to have a, a course of education. It needs to have an educational purpose and really just documenting that. Yep. Volunteers can't be replacing your workers. They are they are those wonderful community members who come in and do really important work. And all of the same safety and health rules apply to them. And then this whole independent contractor area is so important because these are essentially people who have their own business. They do whatever they do. You know, maybe they're a cleaning business or they're a, an accountant or whatever. And they have their own business to do that outside of your organization. And they come into your organization to do just a little tiny task or a, maybe a big task, but a defined task. Right. And this is where it's so important that it's clear that they're not a an employee, because you're not really paying workers comp for them. And that's where you can get into trouble. Absolutely. And I think that is an area that it's always good to relook at your list and make sure that you have have people in the right buckets based on what you're expecting of them and what their responsibility is to your mission. Some of the other work standards that are interesting are really looking at gifts in lieu of payment, that that happens so often in nonprofits, right? You know, Sarah, I can't afford to pay you for volunteering on Saturday, so I'm going to give you an Amazon gift card for $300. Mm-hmm. And that can get a little tricky because if if Sarah thinks that that is payment, then it is considered payment. Then we have to look at whether minimum wage was met. Yep. And then, of course, the worker-related taxes. We think we don't have to pay them. Ooh, ooh, we do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know what? I actually think that's a great one to go over with your staff. That's just a reminder that the or for an organization that there's the wage we that you you receive. Um, and then there's the the taxes that an organization also pays on your behalf into the coffers that that's that's part of bringing on a staff person is is really thinking through what the budget implications are their fully burdened rate. The next category of thinking related to worker-related rules and those things that we're supposed to be doing is within the safety and health area. And this is where I was really struck. I love reading Ask Amy when it shows up in the newspaper. Do you read Ask Amy? Isn't it fun? I remember back in the day when it was Dear Abby, but yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, it's now Ask Amy, of course. We've uh, generations have passed and And there was one that really caught my eye, and it had to do with the fact that this woman was volunteering. She had been volunteering for a while, and it became very clear that there was no safety protocol at this nonprofit, and she was going to quit volunteering and never go back. And kind of like, I don't feel safe, so I'm not going to work at that nonprofit anymore. 
And of course, because I work in this space of nonprofit learning and safety and health and all of this, I it made my heart sad yeah. that this nonprofit lost a volunteer because they weren't doing some basic safety and health protocols. No, and you know, again, there are resources here to help you figure out what you need to do. And then doing it, it's it's good. It's good for your mission. It's good for it's good for those who are kind enough to want to volunteer to work for your mission. And it's really good for your employees. So it's absolutely worth understanding what your state law requires. One of the fun things we've been doing over the past few years, my colleague Mep Schulte and I, we've been creating the nonprofit Safety Hero, and that's a website. We'll link it in the show notes. It's free. It's completely free. And it helps people to make an accident prevention program in order to have a written document. And there's free safety videos. There's all sorts of downloadable tools. So you're absolutely right. There's people there and resources there to support folks as they move forward with these topics. Oh, and that's so great. And thank you for working on that. That's really cool. And I hope that hearing about resources like that helps people see that a topic like compliance is not meant to make your job harder. I think as we all know, nonprofits are doing really important and good work for their communities. And so there are folks like you and MEPS out there trying to make it easier for you to do the things that are that are really good for, for your organization. The third category, and you know, this is where if things don't go well, of course, we have that state-sponsored insurance program, right? Workers' Great. compensation, which I believe every state has. And again, oh my gosh, how much grumbling have I heard about workers' comp and, you know, this, that, and the other. Isn't it actually an amazing thing that we have this insurance program so that nobody, anybody who gets hurt can get taken care of? I think it's actually a wonderful thing. And one of those things, particularly in Washington State, I know volunteers are able to be covered. So it's worth investigating because we have so many volunteers who do the work of our organizations. I think it is worth checking out whether volunteers could be covered for your organization. If they aren't and your volunteers are doing any kind of work that you know could pose some danger, then it's really important to talk with your insurance company to make sure you have coverage for your volunteers. Yeah, I think this is where if you're feeling at a loss for how to move forward, you know, certainly you can write to us. We'll get you pointed in the right direction. We'll have resources in the show notes. But this is a great way for a volunteer to help out. You know, maybe there's somebody on your board or in your community who knows a little bit about insurance or risk or workers comp or whatever. This would be a great way to get somebody involved in your mission. Totally. And, you know, we're all supposed to, if if we have staff, we're all supposed to post certain compliance posters um, around the office. Having a volunteer set that up for you, make sure they print out the right ones and, you know, get them up and that they're up to date. Like that's a great, you know, task for someone to help your organization with. And I'd also add, at least here in Washington State, I've had pretty good experience talking to agency staff when we have questions. You know, that it's, it's, you're always able to call and just say, hey, I'm just curious and starting to think about this. What do I, what do I need to know? And in my experience, it's been pretty helpful. Yeah, they are awesome. In fact, there's a whole small business division and they are, they consider nonprofits to be, you know, in that small business area, really, really great help. So definitely. I think our word of the week needs to be worker. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, and immediately when I said worker, I kind of had this internal cringe because we don't talk about workers in the nonprofit sector. It feels weird, doesn't it? Right, right. We talk about staff members or 
our team, teammates, you know, right? But I think that it's actually a helpful exercise to think about the people doing our work, whether they are staff or volunteers or or whoever it is who are who does the work of our organizations. I think it's helpful to think of them for a moment as a worker because it strips away that emotional connection, the assumptions, that kind of nonprofit specialness that we love the nonprofit specialist, but in this case let's strip it away so that we can really think about who these people are as workers. It reminds us that the people delivering our mission are truly workers in the sense of everybody else in our society, and they deserve all of those protections and considerations of of all workers. I think that's such a good point, Nancy. You know, yes, our colleagues care about our mission, but that doesn't mean they've signed away their rights as employees or workers. And and the word itself is such a good reminder. The the person doing the work. Um, And when I think about so many nonprofit organizations, you know, that labor is so core to the mission getting done. I mean, for some organizations, that's the primary expense, right, is the workforce. That's such, so much the lifeblood of organizations. And, And we, as we work to do good with our missions, it's also really important to make sure we do good by the people who make that work possible. That's, I think, part of how we live our values. So true. Our staff and volunteers are so important to our mission. It just makes sense to follow the rules so that they are protected. It's also important because not following the rules is a risk to the organization. You may not be ready for that kind of risk. It causes extra heartache and costs, and it reflects badly within your extended community. The great news is that there are agency folks and and resources and nonprofit educators who make sense of all of it. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.